Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello, gardeners. We hope you had a good 4th of July and um, you either stayed cool or didn't get caught in the random storm. Yes. And if you're out west, are you, is it an ocean yet? I'm not sure. Are you all driving boats? Right. <laughs> and how are your plants? Because they're not used to this. No, this is like an insane amount of water for those plants. And for us in the eastern half of the state, it's the opposite. We are. If you could bring some better. buckets, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> just Bucketfuls. Um, or just start hosing it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Does the rain out there recharge the Ogallala Aquifer? I would imagine so. It's Kind of. Yeah. Our rivers are looking much better. Ooh, the plat. I've never seen it so full (laughs) since, well, I'll take that back. Yeah. 2019. It's it's not been that long (laughs) since we had flooding problems. Yeah. 2019 was the year of floods. So if you haven't guessed, we're here to talk about problems, specifically midsummer problems that you might be seeing in your garden. And just weird problems that we're not used to because of how crazy things are today, this morning. Temperature, July 6th, we're at 60 degrees Yeah, in the morning. It was beautiful. Meanwhile, last week, what, it was like 105. And like pretty much that in the morning. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's happening here? Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept and enjoy a 60 degree morning. I know. Because I know it's not going to last very long. We're going to be 100 degrees next week again, I'm sure. If I hadn't had seven meetings scheduled today, I would have taken the day off. I stole an hour this morning to go look at projects mm-hmm. and check up on things. And I'm very, very glad I did. Um, every Things are looking gorgeous. And it was just really oh, nice to be out in the nice weather before mm-hmm. coming back to my office. Mm-hmm. to look at people's paperwork. Yeah. Lots of paperwork. Lots of paperwork. Lots of but paper. you don't want to hear about our paperwork problems. You want to hear about our plant problems. Or if you do want to hear about our paperwork problems, find us at the bar yeah. later. <laughs> we will tell you all you want to know, but you got to buy us a drink. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Before we get started, yeah. I do want to do a quick announcement. Ooh. Because we are having our first ever member appreciation week. I know. Coming I saw up. this on my calendar. Yeah. Are you excited for I it? I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. It's our first ever because, you know, Toby's here and this is his job now. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we didn't used to have somebody for that. So the week of July 17th, July okay. 17th, everybody. That's this week. Is this? Nope. Next no, week. Next week. And <laughs> we're recording Sorry. ahead. Everybody. I'm just skipping, <laughs> skipping weeks. <laughs> I think you need all the weeks you can get. <laughs> I need all the weeks I can get. But next week, July 17th is member appreciation week. So you can still join if you're not a member already, or you need to renew and participate in member appreciation week because we have so many fun things happening, including, um, an Assurity Life Tour that doesn't sound good the way I said it, but no, it, it is <laughs> a garden tour at the Assurity Life building here in Lincoln, which has beautiful native gardens you all around it. You wouldn't think that from the name of the building, but it is one of the coolest, like, mm-hmm. it's not really a public landscape because it's a business, right. but 
a business open area. It's one of the coolest, I think, in Lincoln. Yeah. Um, Member Appreciation Week trivia. (laughs) Trivia at Zipline Beer Hall. Everyone's going to be like, that closed. Only one of them closed. And that was so that they could grow and expand. We're excited for Zipline and our friends over there. So um, the beer hall... We are still going to do trivia there. So put together a team. That's open to everyone, not just members. And then we'll do a Q&A with me. That's where you can ask me about paperwork. Yes. I can talk all you want. <laughs> and then on Thursday, July 20th, this is a big one. We are going to do a tree tour at the Children's Zoo, Lincoln Children's Zoo. That is Zoo. so cool. In the morning. So before it gets too hot, because the trees there, the tree collection they have is amazing. It is. Lincoln Children's Zoo is, I think, my favorite zoo because of all the trees and plants and horticulture they do there. And not that Omaha doesn't do a great job, but like Lincoln, it's like all in the shade. Mm-hmm. There's so many trees. And old a trees valley. And a valley. New trees, old trees, mm-hmm. and cool trees. Yep. They've worked really hard to put together a really good selection. And then on Friday, to close this out, this is the big one. This is, you know, um, high value member garden talk only open to members with Bob and Justin. Oh, my goodness. That is the highlight of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And it's virtual. So anyone can join from anywhere. And uh, that's the only way to get your questions in front of Bob and Justin that week. And your uh, Q&A with the director is also virtual, right? Also virtual and also only open to members. Yeah. So we've got two virtual Three virtual, I didn't mention one of them, is uh, how to use iNaturalist and doing a bio blitz that week. That sounds very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so three virtual, two in person, one open to anybody but in person. Three in person. Three in person. Mm. You guys are going to be busy. So many things. Yeah. But that's okay. It's going to be so fun. So we're excited to celebrate our members. So make sure you get your membership in this week if you need to join or renew. I will put a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with being a member, we are, in fact, a member-supported organization. Yes. If you like what we're doing, you might consider becoming one. And we are teasing. We're not going to say what it is, but there will be a big announcement that week, too. I might remember what this is, but I might not. So I'll have to show up to find out. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I think you'll be excited. If you listen to the podcast, you'll be excited about the big announcement. Okay. So check the show notes for a link to what it means to be a member of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum and then join us for our appreciation week. Mm -hmm. We'll be happy to have you. Okay. All right. What are we talking about? Problems. Okay. Problems. 99 problems and plants are one of them. No, plants are the solution. <laughs> Sometimes they cause Sometimes problems. they cause problems. Okay, so the first problem we're going to start with. So these are all things that kind of occur in the garden, not only in midsummer, but they kind of intensify right now. Right, and people have been asking. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I pulled almost all of these from Facebook questions or Hannah's questions. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or comments. I guess yours was more of a comment. Yeah. Flopping. Flippity flop. Everything's Not the flopping. shoes. We like to have flippity flops around the pool, but... Not in our plants. Not in our plants. So, plants flop. It's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can stop it. Sometimes you just got to work with it. 
you know, my um, Rudbeckia, mm-hmm. uh, the big tall one that yeah. I always forget the full name of. Subtomentosa. Thank you. Has flopped every year for like three years now. I think only one year it stood up straight. That's okay. It's, it's in its okay. teenage phase. Yeah. So it flops. And then the, so now the plant has like a bit, two bends in it. Cause then it rebends. And then it flops straight. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. That is fun. I don't mind it. So there's kind of three approaches to mm-hmm. this. One is to just acknowledge that we're growing tall grass prairie species and pack more plants in. Yep. Now the plants you pack in matter. If you pack in equally floppy things, you'll just have all sorts right. of flopping. You're um, talking like, what what kind of plants would you plant? Like, all right, to hold up a rudbeck, yeah. yeah, probably things like big blue stem, yeah, or um, stiff leaf goldenrod, mm-hmm. or like a really rigid aster, sure, things that are like oomph, yeah, not like a coreopsis or a geranium, Do or like know what I put next to it. What'd you put next? Joe to pie. <laughs> So equally floppy. Equally tall and floppy. This <laughs> so, one of my original gardens. That's okay. Yeah. It's still fine. Yeah. Because that's only one solution, right? Is mm-hmm. to use other plants to hold it up. The second solution is to use other things to hold it up. So like yeah. if they're in front of a fence, a little piece of twine can fix that. Mm-hmm. I use, I'll put in the pictures, what I do is wooden stakes with twine around yep. the base of these plants. And you almost don't even know it's there. I mean, it's yeah. there, but it's not like... It doesn't stand out very much. Yeah. You know my Baptisia that flops on my car every year because yes. I planted it in the wrong spot? <laughs> I finally did invest in just like one of those metal stake the ring things. things. With, it's not a full ring. It's a half yes. ring. Yes. Like the peony things. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? This is going to be a perennial problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was bad. Pun intended. <laughs> so I just, I'm just going to leave it. There yeah. we go. It's, it's It lives with the plants now. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And I use some of those. It's like a small ring. It's like maybe mm-hmm. three inches across and it sits horizontal. Yep. And then it's on a stick. Yep. So um, it's very tiny. You really I've don't see I've seen people it. use it with irises yes. to keep their iris Irises blooms. or like I mm-hmm. use mine for my balloon flowers because mm-hmm. no matter what you do those things fall over. Yep. But you almost don't even notice it's there. Mm-hmm. But it is a small ring so it's meant for like one or two stems. stems yeah. Where like yours is meant for a whole plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third option is strategic cutting back. Okay. And this works really well because even if we put other plants around the base of floppy things we're still missing part of the prairie and that's grazing yes so we can and cause that yeah um so i just i have a new boltonia i planted this spring and it was shooting um false aster it looks like a white aster all right it's not it's a boltonia got it anyway it shot up one long stem (laughs) Which was, like, kind of ineffective, so I cut it off, and now it has three stems. That's what you told me to do with my Baptisia. Exactly. I ended up not having to do that. It Good. figured itself out. I bet it. it I'm <laughs> sure it did. And if I gave this plant time, next year it probably would. Yeah. But I didn't want it flopping all over the place sure. this summer. And with my sedges, I've got Plains Oval Sedge, which I know a lot of you have got in Bloombox. Mm-hmm. It is still one of my favorite sedges. But I had this random thing this year where some came up in their nice green poofs. And some <laughs> flopped out and the middle was like bald. What? 
<laughs> it was just like all the stems laid down and then nothing in the middle. That's how my baby niece's hair looks right now. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> just a little. Oh, I hope my sister doesn't listen. <laughs> no, it's baby she hair made, can do whatever She it made that joke. She's real nervous. It's going to stay that way. Oh, no. I'm no. sure it will not stay that way. It'll my, grow in. My sedge didn't, so I'm sure her hair won't. There you go. <laughs> I did have to cut it to fix it. Which will probably be the case for most babies. Most, probably. <laughs> um, and I was really confused because some is fine and mm-hmm. some is not. So I took all the floppy stuff, cut it all back, and it grew back up from the middle, and now it's fine. There you go. Yeah. And mountain mint, I know that my mountain mint's super floppy. And I know that if I cut it back, it would grow up stiff, (laughs) but it's already flowering, and I don't want to sacrifice the flowers. It would flower again. I'm just not a patient person, (laughs) so I didn't want to wait. My mountain mint this year is very subdued. Mm. compared to previous years and i'm wondering if it's the it's drought water yeah mm-hmm. something did not get as tall and it is not as flowery interesting and i am like i better water something i better do yeah. a little bit of supplemental watering i'm just enough north of you that we actually have mm-hmm. gotten a little bit of rain so mine is okay well every time i go ooh, i really should then it rains well so keep doing it <laughs> bob said he had two inches in his nice uh rain gauge on Fourth of July. On Fourth of July. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Perfect timing. It yeah. was about to get a little hairy. Yes. So if you have flopping problems, try some of those. You might also go the other way and you might have a lot less flopping problems because we are having less water this year. Right. Um, or you might have plants that were fine up until they got hammered this weekend and now yep. they're flopping all over the yeah. place. So those are some solutions. You can kind of take your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, planting around it's kind of more of a long-term solution. It's not going to fix it right away. Yep. But a piece of twine and a stick do a lot. I love it. Yep. And it's very cheap. Yes. I have used that in the past as well. I do use um, the like hemp or coconut twine. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I'm prone to forgetting things. <laughs> so I don't like to have plastic twine mm-hmm. in my garden. So mm-hmm. yeah. there's that. There you go. Okay. How about diseases? They're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We're real positive here today, guys. Um, Diseases. Okay, so I, you know me, I try to do one walk a week in Wilderness Park. Yes. With my dog. That's a great idea. And we walk the same path a lot, which means I get to see it over the seasons. And recently I was walking, I only had gone like 10 steps, I swear, and found bee balm. And I was like, oh, bee balm in the wild. Look at all the bugs on it, right? And I had been in Little Rock for a week and it was 115 there and it was 80 here. So I was really luxuriating. Yes. (laughs) So I looked at the bee balm and wouldn't you believe it? I took a picture. What does it have? powdery mildew mm-hmm. we get I, I i love all of you nsa supporters but if i get a complaint about powdery mildew on bee balm in our greenhouse one more time <laughs> i'm just gonna start replying with this picture of it in the wild it's, it is a it is a problem for bee balm but also not a problem it's actually only a problem for people the that's bee balm true. doesn't that's care that's true 
it is just the natural state of bee balm yeah. to have powdery mildew. Now, there's better years and worse years. Mm-hmm. Out west, I bet you guys are having a pretty bad time with it right now. Yeah. To the point where you might be worried about your plants because you've been so wet. Can you remind us how plants get powdery mildew? Well, it's or a do spore. We know? Yeah. Um, and so... The it's, wetter it is. The wetter mm-hmm. it is, the more that mildew spores mm-hmm. kind of go back to our fungal. It's a fungal right. thing. So um, it it lives in the soil. It lives on other plants. Right. Um, there's no getting rid of it. There's not really any getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. You could, um, I'm sure they sell something to spray on it to make it better. Don't yeah. waste your money and don't no. hurt your garden. Right. Um, there's literally no point. No. Bee balm has powdery mildew and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Now, in an overly wet condition, it could develop to the point where you have a problem. So if you do a lot of top watering with a sprinkler or you're out west right now and you're just like having humidity that you're Mm -hmm. not used to. But uh, it's just kind of its natural state. Right. This just is what it is. Yep. Take it from Wilderness Park. Yep. Bee balm has powdery mildew. It's fine. And we'll have a picture in the show notes for that, too. Yeah. Now, diseases that aren't fine. Yes. Because there are many of those. Yeah. Astro yellows, which sounds fun. It sounds cute. (laughs) It's not. No. (laughs) And actually, you don't see it on your asters. You see it on your coneflowers. Which is my favorite. Which is annoying. And, you know, could we get some help with the naming of things? (laughs) Asters now belong to the genus Symphiotrichum mm-hmm. or Symphiotrichum. However, you should choose to say it. It's long and hard to spell. Thank yes. you, botanists, for nothing. <laughs> no, please stop doing that. <laughs> no, we love you, botanists. <laughs> we do love the botanists. We do wish um, maybe they would wait till they were more confident to change names sometimes. Sure, because it does happen. A lot of these plants got named with their botanical names before we had a lot of the technology that we have and we're learning that things that appeared to belong together don't that was a complete tangent what are we talking about we were talking about aster yellows aster yellows which has (laughs) nothing to do with aster well it does but what it affects in your garden is your cone flowers right and what it makes them do is instead of opening a flower they get like a second flower out of the top of the flower and a third and a fourth right they just keep going no no okay i've seen like two oh okay but they they never they kind of stay greenish and -hmm. the first year it might not be so bad you might get a purple flower just a couple funky poofs but it it's a a systemic disease it stays Mm -hmm. and it gets worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. and it does like affect once if you have one affected cone flower it's gonna infect the others so if you have aster yellows, the solution is to dig up your cone flowers. Yeah, with all the dirt, right? Um, I don't know. I've never soil. tried quite that Good hard. Good gracious. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. With all the soil. I've never tried that hard. Okay. I just dug them up, waited two years, and planted them, like, not in the exact same space. I'm sure that technically there's, like, a length of time or an yeah. amount you should remove. I just have waited a little bit. Remember, I had that coneflower plant that didn't have aster yellows. Right. But it would, like, shrivel in the middle of the flower yes. stem. And you, just you have root flop rot, over. stem rot? And then I dug it up to see if moving it would work. And the roots were covered in white. Like, yeah. So, so I just got rid of it. That makes sense. They're still in that spot every year. One 
coneflower plant, like little bud comes, finds its way up and just gets about blooming. In the and then fall. dies. And now I'm just waiting to see how long that plant can just keep trying. Keep trying. And how long it lasts the roots, in the soil. I guess. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. How about random death? Okay. This is a problem I have been experiencing in my garden this year. And I'm guessing it's from the drought and, yeah. and the extreme temperature changes because we are going hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Not super cold, but no, but I, it's like, it's fall today. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, this is what I would expect. So I had a Caliroe, um, purple, purple, hold on, it's going to come to me. Purple poppy mallow, thank you, that flowered and then just died. I have a bunch of others in that same garden. That are all fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Um, I have a Missouri primrose that has been blooming for years. This And by years, I mean like three. This year, popped up and then just shriveled and died. How near is it to your Calaroe? They are across the sidewalk from each other. So we don't have like any advice on this for you no. except to commiserate and say it happens. You're not right. a bad gardener. But I do wonder with the two plants you mentioned and what happened, like voles and trues. Are sure. They, like they live underground and they eat roots and you mm-hmm. might never see the animal. Yeah, that's a good point. And those are two species also, like liatris, anything with a nice, juicy root mm-hmm. can kind of fall prey to them. Alistair likes to eat bowls. Well, that's good. <laughs> good for your plants. <laughs> so he might have missed one, or it might have been nothing. Like, sometimes random death happens, and we just want you to know it happens to us, right. too. Well, you know, my flowering dogwood, mm-hmm. it died this winter. Yeah. I had what? I have random pieces of this, I don't even know, it's some kind of evergreen bush in front of my house on both sides of my porch, which is going to get, they're both going to get removed sometime soon because we're redoing the porch. Yeah. It's hard to do masonry with that around. Um, The middle pieces are dying. They're brown and dead. Huh. And I'm just like, I don't know, water? That's what I'm going with. For me, it was our blackberry bush. Oh, and it's your actually blackberry not. It's a, bush. Yeah, it's like, and we love it because yes. it's so it produces so well. Mm-hmm. The main plant just died, and luckily, if you know blackberries, you know we had a few babies around, right. so we can keep those. But that thing is like the toughest plant that comes up in the mid, dead mm-hmm. middle of our yard all the time, and it just up and died this year. Yeah, no explanation. It just happens. Yep. Who knows? But it happens to everybody. Every gardener has had random death. Mm-hmm. It's not. It does not make you a bad gardener. Now, where you need to be worried is if you're like, okay, well, that one died. That's too bad. And you dig it up and you plant a new plant and that dies mm-hmm. and then the next one dies and then they all die. Then you should be concerned. Or if like the whole garden up and dies, that's yeah. kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. We hope yeah. that doesn't happen to anybody. <sighs> it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> I've invested so much. Yeah. <laughs> Time, sweat, blood, tears. Yeah, money. <laughs> money. Gardening is not yeah. a cheap hobby sometimes. Okay, uh-huh. insects. We'll start with problematic ones. Okay. 
And so we had in our Facebook group um, a question about some asters that were turning yellow. Mm-hmm. And it's not asters yellow. It's not aster yellows, <laughs> which makes that very difficult to search. Right, let me tell right. you. And um, it was kind of a conundrum because people were asking questions, you know, trying to get to a diagnosis. And yeah, it is up against a brick wall, but all the other plants are fine. So Mm -hmm. that takes out kind of the heat factor. Um, And so it ended up for my books looking like... What was turning yellow? The the leaves? The leaves. And it started Mm -hmm. with the lower leaves. Okay. So... Yes, there technically are some diseases and viruses, but um, usually you see those in like really heavily planted monocultures. Mm-hmm. It's I, I just have not seen too many diseases to that extent get diagnosed in a home garden right. outside of like a greenhouse or like an intensive growing area. Yeah, yeah. From the pictures in my books... I, I think I came to the conclusion I'm pretty sure it's lacewing bugs. Okay. And, which are very common in our gardens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they exist there without really causing a problem. There's lots of things they eat on. But yeah. asters, they can get to the level where they're a problem. Okay. And so I sent this person a link and I'll, I'll share it in the show notes too. Um, basically, they suck the juice out of leaves. So you see leaves. They're like vampires. They are. Lots of <laughs> bugs are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that you see leaves kind of start to turn stippled or kind of spotty and then they all turn yellow and then they turn crispy well it's different than like chlorosis or you know where it's in between the veins and right and chlorosis is a mineral imbalance right that's like fertilizer problem Mm -hmm. so you can tell because it's all over and it, it starts out spotty and they make kind of a lacy mess of stuff too sure um, they're usually really easy to diagnose if you're there in per- hard from photos, easy in person because you can find the insect. Yeah. And this link gave some great ideas for dealing with them um, in a way that that works with pollinator habitat. You know, mm-hmm. you can if you're just starting to see them, you can rinse them off with water. Right. You can brush them and squish them. In this case, I'd recommend the person it was bad enough. I re- would recommend they cut it to the ground. So you remove the food source. Yeah. And then. It gives time for the insect to realize there's no food to move on as the plant grows yeah, back But are up. they just going to move to the next plant? Well, they have favorites. And so, like... Mine is potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is those cheesy potato chips in that bag of chips well, you left yeah. in the workroom. Hey, that I hate. That wasn't eating. me. <laughs> um, usually, they'll, they'll, like, truly move to... Yeah. A space with more food for them. Okay. Because, um, and, and that is part of the thing is the mm-hmm. plant diversity. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they affect the asters really strongly. But um, if you only have three or four asters, they're going to move on looking for more food. Yeah. So um, there are, if you really end up with like, they keep coming back, there is like horticulture oil, neem oil, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um now, Neem when you oil. use these things, it's an organic solution. Sure. So it's safe for you. It's safe for your kids and pets. But the oil has no idea which insect it's killing. Right. So mm-hmm. um, we kind of try to use that as the last option mm-hmm. because you are going to kill the lace wings, but you're also going to kill, you know, some bees and some butterflies and things you want to have around. And so you would probably say the more the thing that's not going to harm 
anything but the plant, which is already being harmed. Which is already being harmed. Would be cutting it back. Mm -hmm. And the plant's already being harmed. In this photo was a week or so ago, so I can only guess it's gotten worse. Right. You're kind of at the point where you may lose the plant anyway, so let's at least try. And asters Mm -hmm. are great at coming back up from the base. Yes, I had an aster that I planted last fall, and it was just a little bitty baby plant. And didn't get it caged in time, and a rabbit came snibbling it, it off right at the ground, and it came back yeah. this spring. They're great so. at that, so it's it's a good solution mm-hmm. because you can cut them back low enough that the bugs are going to move on because there's no food. Right. If you just cut something in half, you left food. Mm-hmm. But if you cut it back hard, you take away so much food, they're likely just to move on before you have that much growth. And come it back does up. hurt your heart. It does. But... It, I'm pretty. It's okay. Um, well, you know, I'm maybe not your to heart. Cutting back plants now. <laughs> it hurts my heart. <laughs> I mean, I did cave and not cut back my mountain mint because sure. of the flowers, so yeah. I'm not immune. But um, plants can handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. You know what time of year it is too? Japanese beetle time. <sighs> They're coming. They're they coming are for you. They are. Well, and we can recount my. Um, crazy emerald ash borer experience. Oh, yeah. Tell us your... Y'all. This was bad. Less, a couple weeks ago, I was walking home from work, as one does, and across the street from me, I hear... And I went, oh, no. And I looked around, and across the street, a branch from a giant ash tree was falling, and I had time to do the Macaulay Coke in Home Alone with my hands on the other side <laughs> as I watched it fall onto someone's car oh. and just crush it. Like, the front of this car was Reminds crushed. Reminds me of my wedding. Yes. <laughs> Watching trees just yeah. take out cars. Uh-huh. And there's nothing you can do. What are yeah. you going to do? But I could have died, everyone. You could have. <laughs> it's a good thing you walked I'm going to be dramatic about it. <laughs> I could have died. I hope you would have had better reflexes. I hope I would have run, but it got a big spot. Yeah. So, you um, have to run in the right direction. So Emerald Ash Borer is out there, y'all. It's not something to mess with. If you notice your ash tree declining, call an arborist. Call a tree care company because it probably just needs to be taken down. Once it's infested, there's not a lot you can do. It's expensive, and um, you might as well just take it down and replant and know that ash trees, especially when infested with EAB, tend to shatter like this. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be the tree just falls over one day. It's going to be a branch here, a branch there. In pieces. In pieces on your house, on your car. You want to get it taken care of as quickly as you can. And unfortunately, ash trees, unlike asters, do not re-sprout you from a cut You cannot just well. cut it back. <laughs> so we do recommend you replant yes. a new tree that is not an ash. Yes, absolutely. So there's one bug. Japanese beetles mm-hmm. are on their way too. And remember, one of the best ways to, to control Japanese beetles when they hit is soapy water. Yep. It's pretty much mm-hmm. the only effective method. Yep. Or if you have something that... So the way we've kind of been told to expect Japanese beetles to go is that the first infestation is... It's like a wave. There's mm-hmm. a little infestation. It rises to a wave where we're like, we're never going to survive this. All our plants will be gone. And it's terrible for a few years. And then it wanes. Yep. And we they kind of just are. We are going down the other side yes. of the wave. 
So if you have a plant that you're just trying to hang on for the next five years, yeah, netting is an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not or something like that's already tree. stressed. Yeah, yeah, maybe not for a whole giant tree. But if you've got like a couple rose bushes mm-hmm. that you just love, grandma's roses that you just yep. need to keep alive, um, like netting like they put over grapes mm-hmm. will help. I yeah. can't guarantee you it will keep all of them out, but it will help. Yeah. But otherwise, if you notice an infestation, knock them off into a soapy bucket of water. Do not smash them. No. They call for help. That's not really what's happening, but well, it so will summon I. more. <laughs> would also call for help. Somebody's smashing me. <laughs> I don't know what they think the other beetles are going to do because they're not really an aggressive bug. Right. But. <laughs> yeah, they we, can't sting you. They can't sting you, but we you don't want to smash them because they do release a pheromone. Right. So just sweep them off into a bucket. That's That's, that's what it. you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't, unless you have a really big swath of land, don't put out the traps. No, you need to have them, the way the traps mm-hmm. work is to summon them away. So they require a lot of space. Now, bugs that are not a problem. Yeah. This is the time of year I get all sorts of pictures and calls about eggs on mm-hmm. plants and pe- things nibbling on plants. And do you say, congratulations, it's a baby. Yes, that's exactly what's <laughs> happening. Sure, there are bad bugs lay insects they also lay insects (laughs) (laughs) bad bugs lay eggs too but um i got to identify some baby dragonfly eggs this morning that was really exciting um this is the time to look for butterfly eggs do you do a gender reveal no because i'm not that good at gendering insects right it's actually kind of hard it's very hard (laughs) the book says you can no i can't it's just it's an egg it's an egg Mm -hmm. it's a baby dragonfly congratulations Mm -hmm. so if something's eating your pollinator garden congratulations you did your job you did it right you did it right um, I had something eating my primrose and my Unless flocks. it's a rabbit. And then a yes, and then we <laughs> are sorry. But yes, you, yeah. primrose and flocks was eaten. Primrose and flocks was eaten. Um, yeah, that's all I've noticed so far. But I watch because when you see the nibbles, then mm-hmm. you can find the caterpillars. Right. And once you find the caterpillars, you can look for chrysalises. Right. Remember, plants are part of the food chain. Mm-hmm. They are intended to be they eaten. They must be eaten in order to do their job. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If you have eggs or you have nibbled plants, congratulations. You have an act- a reproduction of insects, which mm-hmm. is exactly what we're going an for. An active ecosystem yes, with a life a cycle. Yes, that's a better word. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to say. Now, we know Hannah is on a schedule today. Sorry. So. <laughs> Board meeting. <laughs> we have done a pretty good job staying on time. Uh, anything else you needed to add? I think that's everything. Okay. I just, you know remind people to be mindful of the watering situation after our inch and a half of rain right this weekend my neighbor's sprinklers were running this morning i've seen them running in the rain <sighs> so let's try not to set them on automatic mm-hmm. and only water when we need and you know i think one thing we should talk about maybe in another episode with how dry eastern Nebraska has been it's wildfire risk yeah um, so just keep in mind, especially we just got over 4th of July. I haven't heard of any fires yet, but I'm sure there were. Um, 
if you're going to be doing stuff, camping, fireworks, please be mindful of that because it's something that people don't think about in eastern Nebraska as much in western, but it, we can get fires everywhere. We can. We are going to have next week as well in the middle of member appreciation week. Um, Justin and I will be joined by members from the Urban Water Team from Extension to talk about um, an update on the drought situation and some timely watering advice. So I'll put the registration link for that in the show notes as well. That will be perfect. What is blooming in your garden this week? Okay, here is what is blooming. Mountain mint, Mm -hmm. of course, going crazy. Okay, Um, there's a plant... (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) i never would have guessed that i have forgotten the name of it is six feet tall i know it had arkansas in it arkansas blue star no sonia no no sorry ironweed ironweed thank you that's what i was looking for mine's about to bloom too i always want to call it lead plant and i know that's not it nick's been doing that too i think it's because it's metal yeah it's (laughs) metal ironweed it's about ready to pop and i'm so excited because it didn't bloom last year because i just planted it um and then my uh giant hyssop is Mm. going crazy i need some hyssop i haven't got that in my garden yeah you need it it spreads baby i know it does which i'm okay with from where i put it i'm happy about that yeah how about your garden um so mount mint for me too Mm -hmm. my ironweed's about to go um Liatris. Mine are not oh, even. Oh, I've got like three kinds and they are all starting. I've got the white Yay. one I just planted this mm. year um, for my white garden. Yes. And two purple ones and they, I just love them. They're just like, I got this great picture of Silas holding this one up. Yeah. It's just, it was like flopping and it's as tall like as the him. same height. Yeah. And then our sunflowers. We planted oh, like yeah. actual sunflowers from mm-hmm. seed this year and they are like, 10 feet tall and starting to open and we're so excited yeah i gotta say my heliopsies are going nuts right now yeah i'm very happy i need some of those in my garden too oh and my route 66 coreopsis oh yeah oh it's so cool it's like like the ends of the petals were dipped in Mm -hmm. orange oh wow yeah there when i was in arkansas coreopsis blooming everywhere they have gorgeous wonderful road ditches Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah well and just trees right up yeah (laughs) so it was it was beautiful Mm -hmm. all right well thank you guys for joining us for uh, a somewhat more concise but i think on topic Mm -hmm. episode yes this week excellent yeah thank you everybody thanks for listening don't forget to rate and review don't forget to join so you can participate in member appreciation week if you're not already a member send us your questions because it's still gardening season we would love to answer them clearly we take them off facebook too so feel free to send them to us any way you can think of um and bloombox and bloombox growing deeper are both programs of the nebraska statewide arboretum